This podcast contains possible spoilers about comic books and adaptations. You've been warned. Hey Lance, did you ever think about the people that are listening to this? What do you mean? I mean, have you thought that people listening to this, they're hearing vibrations of our voices from the past? It's like our voices are self-aware. Self-aware vocal vibrations? It's like our voices have their own life to them. Sentient audio word bubbles capturing our souls. Do you think we're going to come back to the future to get ourselves? I don't think we're that vindictive. Speak for yourself. Uh, can we start recording now? Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today, we're talking about Deadpool. And we have a very special guest with us today, Galiza from Classical Adventures for One. Hi! I'm so Yay. excited to be here! We're so excited to have you. It's, it's so excited. really fun to be talking about Deadpool the past, I don't know how many weeks we've been talking about this. Or a long pro- probably time. Probably months at this point. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead and first tell us a little bit about your podcast that you have. Okay, so Classical Adventures for One is a classical uh, literature podcast where I go through each classic book that I've decided for that season, basically read it out and then break it down, go through different discussions, different trivias that I enjoy about um, that book. My main goal with Classical Adventures for One is to have the listeners, as well as myself, uh, discover new things about classic books that they never really, uh, they, they, would, they wouldn't have known, um, you know. So with Classical Adventures for One, I have become uh, sort of an armchair expert on different kinds of classic books, classic books that I've never read until I started the, uh, this podcast. So that is what Classical Adventures for One is. Amazing. That that sounds eerily familiar to why we started this podcast, because we also wanted to force ourselves to read things that we didn't before. Yeah, so. we're, we're all for selfish reasons for starting a podcast. Exactly. It's all about ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we'll and, be sure. And that sounds, that sounds really cool, too, because, uh, you know, having something that brings you back in not only just just uh, fiction writing and everything mm-hmm. like that, but, but also like just the, the classic titles out there that, you know, so many people know about classical titles, but I don't think very many people have read all these, all of the things there's that are so referenced many. so often. And there's so many. Yeah. We were talking a lot just in general about Deadpool. And after you had dropped a review for us, thank mm-hmm. you very much, by the way, five star <laughs> review. Uh, And you had just mentioned that you wanted us to cover your favorite character, which was Deadpool. So that got us talking just in general about the character and how we both really enjoy that character. It's really fun. But you have some connections to that character that kind of blew me away. And as soon as we started talking, I was like, oh, no, you need to be on this episode (laughs) with us. So if you don't mind, go ahead and share your connection with this character to our listeners because it's amazing. Okay. So um, there I have... So I have kind of two connections in in a way. The first one, when I was really young, um, I got into 
uh, our family got into an accident, like a fire, um, a house fire. Um, and because of that, um, all of my family, including myself, has uh, scars and burns. And basically, I'm the one that's the worst off in the family in regards to the scars. So um, I, I'm pretty much covered in scars, my face, my legs, everything. Um, and for a long time, it was just, you know, it, it was really hard for me to get past that. I was always thinking, you know, what if I don't remember a life before my scars, basically. Um, I was, I think, in high school when I first picked up one of the um, one of the comics uh, that my um, my best friend had, and it was Deadpool. And when I started reading it, I was um, I felt very I felt very drawn to him because I love uh, I love comedy. I'm a big fan of like irreverent comedy, but also the fact that he's covered in scars really spoke to me uh, because superheroes are known to be like pretty and like attractive and you know just awe-inspiring but Deadpool on the other hand is all scarred and it's it's he has a reason for wearing the mask not because he wants to hide his identity but because of of the scars and every time he talks about his scars um you know his insecurities and how he it it, it just draws me to it so that's that's the the first connection I've ever really had with Deadpool. And um, another connection that um, I have with Deadpool is because of my love of Deadpool, um, I decided that when I got married, I'm going to have a Deadpool-themed wedding. Now, yes. nobody was in costume. Nobody was in costume. Um, but it was definitely Deadpool-themed. Basically, my colors were black and red. Um, my cake had a little Deadpool coming out of it. Um, my bouquet was made out of uh, little uh, Deadpool figurines, um, as well as um, printed comics of De of you know my favorite Deadpool books. So it was um, it was made out of paper. Um, you know that was my bouquet. Um, all of my 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 invitation had Deadpool wearing a dress just to tell them what the entire <laughs> expectation was. Um, I remember. I Did remember you have when... chimichangas to eat? Um. It was so it's in San Diego, so we had Mexican food. So close yeah, enough. That's close enough. That's close enough. <laughs> but um it was it, I remember telling my mom this when I first when I first told her that, you know, I, I got engaged and all that, and she wanted to plan the wedding together and I told her my plan and the first thing she said was, Why? You are my only daughter. Why? But she did help make it the you know, uh, the best thing ever. Uh, she was the one that got all of the cake ready and like the decorations, it was very, um, it was definitely uh, a very special day for me. And I remember also uh, his cousins, my husband's cousins were asking him like, whoa, I'm, I, this is impressive. I'm glad your wife let you do this. And my husband was like, let me, this was all her idea. <laughs> like I had no input. My only input was like a picture of the Punisher on the invitation. That was my only input. Everything else was all her so um that's the other connection the deadpool wedding i've and i've seen the photos of like the wedding the bouquet the invitation it is so cool so if, <laughs> whatever you're imagining in your head as how awesome it could possibly be it was that awesome <laughs> it was definitely um I, I i think some of my friends were like tweeting uh ryan reynolds to pay to like look at during the day of the wedding 
but um, he never looked at it. So my goal in life right now is to have uh, Ryan Reynolds look at those pictures eventually and be like, hey, this happened. You know, tweet me. Notice when, me, said Pie. When we release this issue, send me the pictures so I can throw them into the post. I'll do it every single time. <laughs> and I will at Ryan Reynolds every single time <laughs> just to see if we get a response. I want I will send it to you for Perfect. sure. <laughs> we go. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Like when you told me those stories the first time, I was just like, man we need to have you on this issue because i feel like it would have been a disservice to deadpool himself if we didn't have you on so again thank you for being here and sharing those awesome stories because that's some serious power behind that all right so let's get going so what we're gonna do is let's start off with our bio like we normally do so deadpool Marvel Comics resident Merc with a Mouth is a wisecracking assassin with a penchant for joking around and breaking the fourth wall. Created by writer Fabian Nicieza and artist Rob Liefeld, Deadpool originally appeared in New Mutants 98 as a villain. He has gone on to be one of Marvel's most well-known anti-heroes, having several of his own series, as well as making frequent guest appearances. He's often hired by heroes and villains alike as someone that can take mercenary jobs, but is also expendable because, as we'll come to learn, no one really can stand him. Despite having a muddled origin, which Deadpool himself is unsure of sometimes, he's gone on to have all kinds of adventures spanning normal comics logic and continuity. His personality is chaotic, he's morally ambiguous, joyfully killing one minute and feeling bad about it the next. What makes him so unique among other superheroes is his constant joking, running gags, and breaking the fourth wall. This aspect was introduced in Deadpool's first ongoing title in 1997, written by Joe Kelly and then-newcomer artist Ed McGinnis. Kelly stated, We could do anything we wanted because everybody just expected the book to be cancelled every five seconds. So nobody was paying attention, and we could get away with it. Which is Which the is perfect, true. perfect <laughs> remedy for a Deadpool comic, I feel like. Just don't have rules. Just do things. Right. And I also think it's worth notice, like even back to our first issue when we talked about Ninja Turtles and the the sort of mindset of, well, we're just going to do it because it's probably going to get canceled. It seems to work so many times. Which like when you just go, killing off you know, Shredder in the first uh, issue, maximum effort, right? It's it's you 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 go for it, and you're like, well, I'm just going to throw out that crazy idea because it's probably going to get canceled. Those are the books that blow up. Those, like, are, those are the best books. Let's that just be is the. That is the Scott Pilgrim, uh, Invincible kind of, just do some ridiculous stuff, and that's probably what's going to work. Yeah, um, I think when it comes with to Deadpool, you can't really put him in a box. And I, w- the fact that they're like, what if we're going to get canceled, we're just going to go do the craziest things. And Deadpool mm-hmm. is one of the, like, even the first few, like the first run of Deadpool was one of the craziest um, comic books I've ever read. And I've read a lot, I, I've read a couple and no one has really blown my mind the way Deadpool does. It, they, they go all in from the beginning. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And a hundred percent when an issue, when a run ends of Deadpool, it ends. It's usually some catastrophic, world-ending event just because they're like who cares we can, end. Cares? We can say, maybe we can i'll say, come back we can say the entire universe <laughs> is blowing up because it doesn't matter it's, it's it's pretty much like what deadpool sees from his perspective maybe it's that his he realizes his comic is ending so his world is ending 
And it's always either him. Um, yeah, this time I'm really dead, dead. But it's never really final. No, never. <laughs> he just comes back as Headpool. Yeah, or um, another version of him that doesn't remember being Deadpool, Agent X. Mm-hmm. So speaking of other versions, um, let's go over some of the other aliases that he has known by. Now, this was a really long list. I found a lot of them. And, and so this is actually a shortened version of some of the names and aliases that he is known as. Of course, his real name is Wade Wilson. Mm-hmm. He is known as the Merc with the Mouth, Big DP, Captain Wilson, Captain Deadpool, Dead <laughs> Fist, Talking Man, Evil Evil Man, <laughs> The Crimson Comedian, Chatterbox, Johnny Salvini, Armando Khan, Red, <laughs> Mithras, Dr. Coffer, Takehiko Adachi, Wade <laughs> T. Wilson, Testocles, Jack, and I can't even say this one, Chio, Ch- Chiono Sake, the Wolf of the Rice Wine, Rhodes, <laughs> Corpus, Lopez, Hobgoblin, Tom Cruise, or Thom Cruise, Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Peter Parker, and mutant number ninety eight, and and that's like there's more right. <laughs> nicknames for him, but uh, there's, that, there's that like was just three a... three pages on on just Wikipedia of just <laughs> of his all names. his nicknames. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was all... like, oh, let me do some research. Whoa, that's <laughs> that's so much more than we've ever. Yeah, but it kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, his powers and abilities include. I'm going to sort of ramp up here. Hand to hand combat martial arts training, which he kind of received from the military. He's multilingual, fluent in Esperanto, German, Japanese, and Spanish. He is an expert marksman, superhuman strength, stamina, and reflexes. He has a healing factor, which includes regeneration of body parts, telepathic immunity, possession resistance, disease immunity, and foreign chemical resistance, which makes it takes him a lot to get... um, drunk or high yeah. <laughs> uh he is he has self-awareness which we're putting under power, powers and abilities because it sort of changes yeah. <laughs> his uh, actions and whatnot yeah. um he basically he can harness continuity arrows and break the fourth wall i, I think he once almost ki- uh he once just beat a bad guy by making that bad guy self-aware and then, and then the bad guy was like, I can't continue with this life. What do you want? It's in the secret wars, I think, where um, Deadpool was like, do you know that this is what we are at and made the, the bad guy self-aware? And then the bad guy just sort of gave up. So it was, it was the best. Broke his spirit. <laughs> Broke his oh, spirit because it made himself, made himself aware. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well, so the last... Uh, ability or power he has is immortality Mm. um, which kind of goes along with the healing factor but I I believe that was uh, given to him by Thanos or he was he was cursed by uh, Thanos because uh, uh, Thanos was in love with death and Deadpool wanted to be with death so Mm. Thanos was like nah man you can't you can't die I, I want uh, I want death to myself. In fact, the whole Infinity Stones story from the comics was also related to how uh, Thanos wanted to impress death. And like, yeah, yeah. a part of me was like, "What? well, that's for later. Yeah. <laughs> you brought on no, the right person, it. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's for later. All right. Uh, his weapons and gadgets include twin katanas. He has dual pistols. 
knives, grenades, size, but let's face it, he can turn anything into a weapon. Uh, he also has a teleporter designed by Weasel, his kind of gadget friend, which he eventually stopped using because it made things too easy. I do want to mention that his twin katanas are named Bea Arthur. So Bea oh, on B. one Arthur, end. yeah, yeah. yeah B. Right. B. Arthur, because he uh, is yeah. super in love with B. Arthur, always brings it up, and that is one of my favorite things. Oh, I also want to add that um, his healing uh, and his cancer work together. So if somebody were to heal his cancer, he would still die because of how mm. fast his healing regeneration is. It sort of like destroys him. Uh, and that was like that was found out when um, they were trying to they were trying to clone him and only got his healing um, only got his healing and not his cancer and uh, it was it was a clone where they were they it was a mix of the scrolls and Deadpool and they cloned him and kept his healing factor but not his cancer and soon like all of these girls started like turning into mass blobs just because there was oh, yeah. no cancer killing the cells so that's another thing <laughs> it's that balance he's balanced yes, in everything he's balanced in that the area. katanas have to be balanced <laughs> and so do his diseases and healing factor exactly <laughs> now we have his weaknesses which are pretty much cows clowns and phobias kittens puppies a cure for cancer that that's pretty much what we got i mean that tracks there we go okay I'm afraid of clowns. So I think I think a lot of people are afraid of clowns. It's it's it. I yeah. blame it for it. I, I do too. That movie messed me up when I was a kid. Anyway, moving on from childhood traumas. Uh, Deadpool's <laughs> job. He, well, he's Merc for hire. He's a mercenary. Paid assassin. Mm -hmm. There we go. His affiliations include X-Force, Department K, Weapon X, The Frightful Four, Avengers Unity Squad, Thunderbolts, Code Red, Heroes for Hire, and one of my personal favorite, Deadpool Core. And then he mm -hmm. tries to be part of the X-Men at times uh, and fails spectacularly doing so. Technically, he did become one because um, he did so well uh, during one of the the missions that to deny him the X- Like, they, they gave him the, the suit as a joke. Yeah be like blue, just to shut him up right. and the then and yeah. yeah and then and then he they were like here just shut up and 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 get out of our way but he did the job so well that they were like yeah he's x-men you know so that that he did technically become a part of x-men congratulations <laughs> deadpool you did it <laughs> you did it supporting mm -hmm. characters include blind al weasel cable vanessa carlisle spider-man and electra Bob, Bob, too. Yeah, we Hydra. have to include Hydra, <laughs> Hydra Bob. He, Hydra he Bob. has to be on that list. Hydra Bob. Uh, antagonists include Tolliver, Taskmaster, Kingpin, and on, honestly, pretty much every other villain. Thanos. In, yeah. Ev every villain. Just everyone. He fights everyone, and it's amazing every single time. And we, we even yeah. brought up the fight between Taskmaster and Deadpool in our Taskmaster issue as well, just because that, that, it's that awesome. story is yeah. so good. So good. Ajax. Yeah, Aja Ajax. Yeah, um, uh, Ajax or Kilbrew, mm -hmm. I think, is yeah. the other name. Francis, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was actually from the comics. Um, He really did make fun of Francis. Yeah. 
because his name was Francis. Oh, awesome. that, that was a that was a good pull. Just another <laughs> just another reason to love those movies. So now we have Thank a segment you. that we like to call Into the Archives. So I'm going to start with uh, the writer Fabian Nicieza, uh, and, uh, and Lance is going to talk about Rob Liefeld. Fabian Nicieza was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and moved to the States when he was four years old. He learned to read and write from comic books while growing up in New Jersey. Fabian would intern at ABC Television Network prior to graduating from Rutgers University. He would work at Berkeley Publishing Group, working his way up to managing editor until landing a staff position at Marvel Comics in 1985. He would start as a manufacturing assistant and later an advertising manager. It was during this time that he would lock down his first freelance work at Marvel, writing short articles for Marvel Age, which was a promotional magazine which would actually have a few key appearances and early concept art for characters like Beta Ray Bill, Spider-Ham, Spider-Man's Black Suit, he-Man, Cable, Strife, and the Infinity Gauntlet. And if you can track down those issues, do it. They're they're not expensive, but it's really cool to see that concept art and those first images in there. And then you can say you have their first appearances without having to spend all the money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Nicieza would publish his first story in Cyforce 9 in July 1987. Wow, I haven't heard that title. Cyforce. Cyforce. Um, his ongoing work with Cyforce from issue 16 through its final issue 32. Hold on. Cyforce lasted to 32 issues. Right? I was surprised too. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. So his ongoing work with Cyforce from issue 16 through its final issue 32 would result in fill-in work for classic X-Men providing backup stories as well as Marvel's annuals 1989 crossover Atlantis Attacks. Nicieza was selected by Tom DeFalco, Marvel's then editor-in-chief, to write a spin-off series about DeFalco's recent New Warriors team. Nicieza jumped at the chance to write a monthly title as well as the chance to collaborate with artist Mark Bagley. Who wouldn't? He would <laughs> He would go on to write that the majority of the 53-issue run. Fun fact, years after completing the run, Nicieza would reveal that this belief that the first 25 issues of New Warriors was the best of his career. In 1990, he would work on runs for Alpha Flight, Avengers, Avengers Spotlight, and Nomad. He would become Star Comics editor during this time, which, if you don't know, was Marvel's children's imprint with stories related to cartoon shows and toys. Some of these titles included Care Bears, Alf, Fraggle Rock, yes. Masters of the Universe, Star Wars Droids, and Lance's personal favorite, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. <laughs> I, I love it's so good. I have that first issue, and I love it. The art is yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the Boom Studios of its time, mm -hmm. early <laughs> late eighties, early nineties Marvel. Following his time with Star Comics, he left Marvel as a staff writer and continued on as a freelance writer, taking work here and there, including a four issue miniseries called Adventures of Captain America. 1991 would mark the team-up between Nessieza and Liefeld and their iconic work within the X-Men universe. But let's switch things up and learn a little bit more about our artist, shall we? Rob Liefeld loved comics from an early age. This love ignited a fire to become a professional artist, which would begin as tracing comic artwork, which I feel like most of us do. In high school, he would take a fundamental art course and attend comic conventions at the Disneyland Hotel, leading him to meet creators like George Perez, Bob Layton, 
John Romita Jr., Jim Shooter, Mike Zeck, and Marv Wolfman. So that's that's a lot of talent that he was meeting at those conventions early on. I wish conventions were that small now to actually meet all those people at the same time and that their, their autographs were not as much as they are now. Liefeld has revealed his major artistic influences include George Perez, John Byrne, Frank Miller, and Arthur Adams. Liefeld started life drawing classes at a junior college where he studied the entire human anatomy except for what body part? Get ready, we're going to say it on the count of three. <laughs> One, two, three. Feet. 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 He can't draw feet. That's right. He either hides it or he can't draw it. It's okay. No, Any- everyone has smoke on the bottom of their legs, right? Yeah, it's smoke legs. It's just everyone stands in smoke and dust. Or text. Text will just cover everyone's text or word so bubbles. Funny. Yes. <laughs> He would have various odd jobs while sending in art samples to smaller comic book publishers as he was too intimidated to submit to Marvel or DC. Liefeld caught the eye of Megaton Comics editor Gary Carlson, who observed Liefeld's progression from some goofy anatomy to a more professional and streamlined look. Carlson would use one of Liefeld's pinups as the inside cover for Megaton issue 5, as well as an Ultra Girl pinup in Megaton Explosion 1 in June 1987 which would also display Liefeld's Youngblood, a team of his own creation. He would attend a comic book convention in San Francisco to shop around his art package to both Marvel and DC. After showing his art to Marvel editor Mark Grunewald, Liefeld was offered an eight-page backup story for Avengers that would feature the Black Panther. Now, at this time, he was only 19, so imagine going in, showing off your art, and being told, yeah, you're going to have a Black Panther, like mini story within an Avengers book. That'd be amazing, right? But we just talked about Black Panther and in the late 80s, early 90s, Black Panther was not that that much of a thing. He he didn't have a comic for most of the 80s, so no. it was kind of like, well, you can do this. Yeah. But, just, but still, yeah, that's kind of cool to say he right? did it. It would be amazing. Yeah. But disappointingly, the story would end up being illustrated by another artist. Well, well. Yeah. Liefeld would finally see his name on a DC comic bonus book insert in Warlord 131 in September of 1988. In an effort to keep the young artist from finding work at a competitor, DC editor Robert Greenberger gave him a five-issue miniseries, Hawk and Dove, as well as Secret Origins 28. DC failed to keep Liefeld away from Marvel as he found work illustrating The Amazing Spider-Man Annual 23. In 1989, Liefeld took over as penciler for Marvel's The New Mutants with issue 86, where he would co-create Strife with Louise Simonson. At the time, The New Mutants was one of the lowest-selling titles, which took an upward trajectory following his assignment. The very next issue, 87, would see the first appearance of beloved mutant Cable. Fabian Nicieza would join the picture in issue 91, helping Simonson write but it wouldn't be until issue 98 that he would take over writing dialogue. In issue 98, Liefeld was given creative control over the series with penciling, inking, and plotting. When developing Deadpool, Nicieza states Liefeld created the visual design and name while he developed the character's speech mannerisms. Liefeld was a big fan of the Avengers, even before X-Men, resulting in a desire to give his creation a weapon like Thor's hammer, Cap Shield, leading to... Deadpool's sweet pair of katanas. After showing off his character design, Nicieza told Liefeld, this, this is Deathstroke from Teen Titans. Because it, it was. It looks, it looks so exactly. similar. They're both mercenaries. It, it very much is. 
which yeah. led to Nicieza uh, giving Deadpool his real name, Wade Wilson, as a joke hinting that the mercenaries were related because we know Deathstroke's name is... Slade Wilson. Slade Wilson, <laughs> exactly. And so there's that pairing. So that was just their inside joke, but it's not really an inside joke because everyone saw Deadpool and was like, this looks a lot like Deathstroke. If my brother wanted to annoy me, he would always, like, he would always bring up that, hey, your favorite character is just a parody of Deathstroke. And I was, uh, and I always um, uh, counter back, uh, basically saying, well, your favorite character, Batman, is, is boring because he's still just angsting over his dead. It's, it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) But no, we make, like, we make fun of each other because he likes to say that, oh, mine is a parody. And I like to say that his favorite character is boring because he says he doesn't want to kill people, but he just beats them up almost almost to, to the point of that. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> the joke is, um, I know uh, the joke is Batman doesn't kill you; the hospital bill does. Oof, oh, <laughs> that is that that hits. That's that, dark. That hits <laughs> and then just just letting all if for the international listeners that we do have that hits real hard in the u.s <laughs> that, is, that is a broken medical system anyway after Sorry. that after that harp, Slide. no we're good that was great uh other inspirations for the character included spider-man wolverine and gi joe's snake eyes Liefeld has stated that at the time of creating Deadpool, he didn't have access to characters like Spider-Man or Wolverine since they were competing titles. He's revealed that Cable and Deadpool were meant to be his own Spider-Man and Wolverine. After completing their character designs, backstory, art, and writing, Deadpool, a.k.a. the Merc with a Mouth, would make his comic debut in The New Mutants 98 in February of 1991. And just as an added note, Liefeld and Nicieza have done a lot since Deadpool's creation, which I'm sure we'll cover in future issues. <clears throat> cough, cough, image, comment. Gliza, do you have anything to add about creators in terms of, I mean, we've, we mentioned, you know, the, the, the two that created him, but there's been a lot of people that have worked on Deadpool. And I, I know we kind of mentioned in the bio that Joe Kelly is kind of credited as creating his, mental visual style and like some of the 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 key characters in his life um later on i think it was um a gail simone kind of was credited as giving him the the yellow text bubbles you know so is there any like creator that that you feel like really just is is encompassing or a favorite of yours that that you think is is the one that stands out out of everybody that's worked on um i have I like all of the writers, but the one uh, I've noticed that when it comes to like my favorite ones, Bud yes. is one of my favorite. His guest stuff has been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my uh, favorite ones um, was it that was it that one that he wrote? Yes. No, it was by um, the Marvel Kills Universe yeah, is Kills. one of my favorite ones by mm-hmm. uh, Colin Bunn. It's it was really awesome. Um, I think he who wrote the Dead Presidents. Uh, that was uh, that was Brian Posehn and or no, that was um, uh, Scotty Young. Yeah, but um, so uh, Colin Bunn has been um, uh, one of my favorite guest stars just because of Marvel Kills the Universe. And actually, if 
um, you've read the whole Marvel Kills universe, he also goes into the classic world, which is, you know, which is just awesome. Yeah. Uh, a nice tie in to my podcast. But yeah, uh, <laughs> Colin Button is uh, one of my uh, favorite guests oh, as you, well. As, you mean a um, uh, friend of the of the podcast, uh, Comic Book Keeper, is Colin Bunn, who, who we had on uh, a guest yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> Who is also um, a member of a Discord channel that I'm a member of. Oh, so technically, wow. we're best friends. Oh. Lance, Lance, uh, Lance got to interview him. Uh, yeah. He was super nice. He's amazing. He is. is one of my favorite people working in comics today. So anything he writes, every time he announces it, I just add it to my pull list. Go read, yeah. uh, listen to our Bone Paris issue for more, more about Cullen Bunn. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about the pull list, and this is a again a longer list for suggestions. Um, and we'll we'll try to uh, mention we'll try to mention the comics that we think are going to be good recommendations. If you're new to Deadpool, maybe you're a super fan like Glacia, uh, uh, you know, of like uh, you know I've read everything, but have you read everything? So we're going to try to include some of the things here, uh, starting with. Um, I'll just start off with the first appearance of Deadpool, which is New Mutants 98, where Deadpool is hired by Mr. Tolliver to find and kill Cable. And you see Cable, his first appearance is just this big uh, splash panel of him being like, hey, I'm I'm Deadpool. Are you Nathan? <laughs> kind of shot him in the head and, and then it kind of goes on and he sort of pops in here and there and in, uh, in, in New Mutants, which eventually turns over into into X-Force. And then I think we should probably just mention, just because Glass already brought it up, so Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, which came out in 2012. There has since been that Deadpool Kills the Mar- Marvel Universe again, which mm-hmm. was, I believe was also written by Colin Bunn. Um, yeah. And then I know that the original series, was the art is done by Dalibor Talajic, who that, the art is so good in those stories too. Uh, and just so our listeners have an idea of what that story is about. Uh, And so we have Deadpool who is sent to an insane asylum. So he's sent to Ravencroft. His doctor there turns out being to be psycho man who wants to try and mess with Deadpool's brain to make him do all this stuff in general. And rather than getting rid of other voices to make psycho man kind of his, the controlling factor, a new voice pops up that basically tells Deadpool to kill everyone. And so the story is about Deadpool killing the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, or not the Cinematic Universe, which I that would be amazing if they made that a movie, but killing the entire, entire Marvel Universe. And if he can't kill them, so there are certain characters he can't kill, but he creates ways of basically trapping them or making it so they can't do anything exactly, which is super fun. Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe is one of my favorite stories because it was the first comic that my wife ever bought me. Oh. So when when we were still dating, this was like our first, one of our first Christmases or bir- one of my birthdays, something. I can't even remember at this point. But she bought me that and a Hulk Funko Pop. That was like her first real presence to me in our relationship. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to marry her. Yeah. This is, this is the one. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my connection to Deadpool for that. Uh, Glazo, what would be your next pick for a pull list? What people should be reading from Deadpool? 
I would go with the very first story, um, the the Mithras story. Um, it's it's basically when Deadpool was approached to become like uh, the Messiah, basically to um, to usher in a golden age uh, for Earth because Mithras was coming in, uh, coming from space and whatever, and was going to give Earth peace and all that. And um, he was hired to fight against Tiamat, which was um, which was someone that was supposed to kill Mithras. Um, and so he 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 is fight like he feels uh, Deadpool feels all this kind of like oh my gosh I'm actually a hero I'm not really a bad guy I have all this I have actually good in me you know so he becomes like he works and it, it it's amazing and then can I do spoilers it's old it's 19 sure yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we, we do yeah, a spoiler, we have a spoiler warning a spoiler. it's 1997 <laughs> if you haven't read it yet <laughs> but um one of my favorite scenes in that story was when um, Deadpool decides not to kill Tiamat, uh, they send Captain America to fight Deadpool. And it was just one of my favorite scenes. And, you know, because um, uh, Deadpool loves Captain America. So he was just like, I can't believe I'm fighting Captain America. Um, <laughs> and in the end, uh, it, and it's, it also introduces this sort of like recurring theme where he saves the world but then everybody doesn't remember it. Everybody forgets it. And he they don't know that he saved the world. It's, it's, a, it's a common recurring theme in a lot of his uh, stories, um, you know, where he saves the world and they don't remember. It's also um, the Mithra story was the first story that I read. And that one like sort of broke my heart because he's trying his best to become a better person. And that's, that's, that's the reason why he's my favorite character. Because I like... Um, the, that's also the reason why I like Marvel a lot is because their heroes are flawed and, you know, mm-hmm. you, you see it the most with, with Deadpool. He's a very flawed person, but he's trying mm-hmm. his best to become better. So, and that, that story, so that's from 1997. So that's part, that's part of Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis has run, yes. correct? Yeah. Yeah. So if you want trying to find that story, it's in that run, I'm going to go ahead and throw out his first solo series, which was just that four-issue run called The Circle Chase. Mm-hmm. So this came out in 1993, and it, it's fun just because... So we have Black Tom in it, and if you... So within Deadpool 2, the film, he had Black Tom, and so we bring in that character here. There's storyline with the Juggernaut. I think this is also the first time where we get to see the like the skin deformity that he, mm-hmm. that he has, because he takes off the mask, and you don't really see his the front aspect of his face, at least not in the first issue, but you see the back mm-hmm. and everyone kind of reacts to him. And so we have that part. And then there's also a love story mixed in with that series as well, because there's a character that he's in love with. He's trying to go help. Mm-hmm. And then realizing that she's moved on, mm-hmm. but he still had that. He still was able to jump in and help her and he still loves her, but he was able to let her go just because he realized she was happy. And so I think one of my favorite parts about Deadpool is that there's, he can be silly, wacky, crazy, but there's usually within every single one of these runs, there's a very large moment of clarity that just lets you, it shows off his heart that he does have and how caring he is, which he hides a lot with his humor, but he very much cares for a lot of people. Yeah. And and it's, it's one of those things where when he's serious or when he's angry, 
you need to watch out because he is terrifying right? when he is serious. It is not a good thing if Deadpool is serious. Yes. So I think that's something that this run got really well. Because at this point, we weren't off the walls wacky. Mm-hmm. We were still, he was still the Merc with a mouth. Right. He was talking up a storm, but he wasn't this cartoony-like Yeah, not breaking yet. the fourth wall sort of craziness. Just exactly. Which is what we got with, with Ed McGinnis and Joe Kelly's run, mm-hmm. which you brought up. Okay, I'll take the next one. Um, I'm going to mention uh, Deadpool Volume 1. I think you mentioned earlier with the, the Dead President storyline. Mm-hmm. So the writers for that was uh, Jerry Dogan, uh, Brian Posehn, who's a really funny uh, actor and comedian, and various different artists. And this, it starts with a big monster, which is kind of a non-team-up with Thor and fighting these dead president zombie guys to battle an entire organization. Uh, he develops a relationship with a demon and a literal um, world-ending destruction. And um, just the, the writing is really funny. I, I like when they bring in people like Brian Posehn to to add punch-up and writing and stuff like that. And, and um, they've done that with, you know, Patton Oswald has written comics before. And, and I, I like when they, when Marvel mm-hmm. and DC does that and, and even Image because um, it just kind of brings a different voice like fans that get to write so having and it's just kind of a really funny premise to begin with to fight all these dead presidents mm-hmm. um so the, the art's really fun in that um yeah i definitely I, that that's a good one i think if you like haven't read a lot of deadpool it's, it's it kind of gets you going mm-hmm. in there it's already kind of crazy um he, he's got he's got a lot of things established already so i i as someone who hasn't read a lot of Deadpool, it's one of the first one that I kind of was drawn to, um, visually at least, and it was it was a lot of fun. There's a favorite scene of mine in there that again shows his heart, where he's fighting uh, Abe Lincoln, and Abe is like, <laughs> "You bring nothing to the table. There's literally nothing that. Um, why are you like? Why are you a superhero? You're literally, you know, what do you bring to the table? And then the part uh, he gets up and sort of uh, in. As he was decapitating uh, Abe Lincoln, he goes, I never give up. And he doesn't. Like, no matter how many mm-hmm. times he's been brought low, he never gives up. And that, like, when I was reading that scene, I was just like, oh. But also, you know, decapitated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he never gives up when Take he's... Take that zombie yes! Abe Lincoln. <laughs> or when he's ripped in half. Never, ever gives up. Decapitate, never gives up. Never. <laughs> Even if he's just a hand, yes. he goes after it. Mm-hmm. What would, what would be your next pool, Glenn? Uh, my next pool would be Deadpool uh, number 20 by uh, Jerry Duggan, I guess. Jerry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Duggan. I can't... Like, all I... I don't remember how to pronounce their names because all I've been doing all my life is reading them and not listening to how they say uh, them. Yeah, we're the so, same way. Jerry don't Duggan. Worry, we, we put your names all the time. That's fine. <laughs> Jerry Duggan. Uh, Duggan uh, and this was in 2015. And this was, uh, I think, a lot. This this story um, basically made its way around Pinterest and whatever. It's the one where Deadpool talks down, uh, talks to a suicidal girl that wants mm. to uh, kill herself while on the um, Parker Industries um, building. And what I love about that story is that Deadpool doesn't really um, come up with a lot of like, oh, you know, uh, doesn't guilt her into, you know, remembering all of the people that matter to you and all that. Um, but he just mostly talks to her and listens to her problems and just takes her around. And uh, in the end, the ending of that story, she she takes uh, the, the words that I really like at the end of that was when Deadpool says, 
hey, I'm not really a hero, um, but I can take you to people that can help you, uh, people who can actually take care of you. So I think like in that sense, again, um, my favorite stories about Deadpool um, are always the ones where, you know, his 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 kindness, his heart is actually brought up. And that's, you know, I, I just love that about him. He's insane. He's crazy. He's fun. But he does care, uh, not even just for people that he loves, but like random people that, you know, strangers. So that one, definitely uh, Deadpool, number 20, uh, 2015. That's, good That's a good pull. That's nice. a really good story. I'm going to pull uh, from a series that we had talked about previously, but this is going to be from Cable and Deadpool, mm-hmm. 2004. So Nicieza comes back to write this series, uh, but this time we have various artists. It starts off with Mark Brooks. Then we have some Patrick Zercher, Riley Brown, even Ron Lim comes in to do some of the art for this series. Uh, super funny. This is one of like the best buddy cop comics you can read, period. It is hilarious. They are a fantastic duo together. And it it has significant historical... I'll say, no, I'll just say as a big impact, (laughs) coincidental, but like a big impact, a great story to tell. So in issue two, you actually have, uh, in one of the panels, Deadpool is talking about the way he looks. And he says that I look like Ryan Reynolds crossed with a Sharpay. And, and they misspelled Reynolds just so I think, so they could throw that in there. (laughs) But this was 10 years before we got the leaked footage for the Deadpool film. And so I, I wanted to learn a little bit more about that story. And so uh, Ryan Reynolds had actually been contacted by a... Uh, this story is actually from an interview Ryan Reynolds did with uh, Talks at Google. Mm-hmm. So just to give them that praise for actually getting the story. So at the time... Ryan Reynolds had just finished Blade Trinity and a rival uh, movie executive was like, wow, this guy is like the perfect Deadpool. And so he contacted me and says, if they ever make a Deadpool movie, you need to be Deadpool. And he sent him over some different stories to read. And Ryan Reynolds says that it was fate because the first issue he opened up, he says, I'm not making this up. I was mm-hmm. on the panel. Like in the comic, it said Deadpool was saying, I like, I look like Ryan a Reynolds. cross between Ryan Reynolds and a Sharpay. <laughs> and I was thinking, Jesus, this is effing destiny. Yeah. So it, it was meant to be mm-hmm. for Ryan Reynolds to be Deadpool. Right. And it's. And he really did fight for that. One of the things that um, I learned um, recently was. Uh, you know when Deadpool during the uh, Wolverine uh, Origins, the X Men Origins Wolverine? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. He he fought to have Deadpool not be like that, but they had threatened yeah. him to say like, whether you know whether it's gonna be with you or not with you, this is gonna be the Deadpool that we're doing. And he he was just like, I he he decided to just do it because he didn't want Deadpool to go to any other actor. So yeah. um, that mm-hmm. was uh, one of the things that I, I think like, you know, um, Deadpool is just as much uh, Ryan's, you know, um, character, uh, 
you know, it's a part of, you know, Ryan is definitely a part of Deadpool's, um, you know, world now, just because of how much effort that he actually put into, um, you know, into Deadpool. Absolutely. All right, Chris, do you have another poll? Mine is my only other one, because again, I haven't read a lot, uh, is a pretty recent run, which is uh, written by Scotty Young and the art is by Nick Klein. And it's uh, Merkin Hard for the Money, <laughs> which I love that title. Uh, and I believe this takes place after he uh, has mind wiped himself after, you know, kind of frustration and depression and whatnot. So he doesn't remember a lot of abilities, which is kind of an interesting twist on the trope of having amnesia or whatever, because we've read all of that uh, things that have happened in the past as readers. And it's not necessarily a reboot because it's not, it's not dis it's not acknowledging that that stuff never happened. It's saying like, well, Deadpool doesn't remember. And so there's some fun stuff in the first couple of issues where he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking jobs. And, Oh, did I, do I know how to do that? I do know how to do that. <laughs> and it's kind of fun. And he basically, um, it starts off with uh, Star Lord and the Guardians find out that this giant world ending uh, force, this warrior monster kind of thing is heading its way towards Earth and he contacts the Avengers and and they're like, well, but there is a weapon that can stop this thing, but you're not going to like who has it. <laughs> and then it cuts to Deadpool and then <laughs> all of you know Captain America is like coming after Deadpool and he's and, and all the Avengers like come into the office and he, they they're fighting him and they're fighting him and they like totally Black Panther and Captain Marvel and they just like, these his intestines are coming out and everything and they're just like we just want to talk <laughs> like we don't want to hurt you and and they basically like you have this weapon and he's like I don't I don't do I I don't know <laughs> wait are you hiring me for the Avengers you're hiring me? Iron Man's like no no we're not hiring you it's we're not doing but then no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really just uh, everybody. Black Panther's like, I don't know if we should talk to this guy. Uh, it's just funny to see their their whole interaction. Deadpool's so excited. <laughs> he ends, ends up eventually like fighting this big monster and the Avengers, of course, take credit for it. But it's yeah, it's a really fun like I love Scotty Young as an artist, but I was really impressed with him as a writer for this as well. And, and the, the art's really fun. Plus, the second arc of the story goes into this whole like fantasy world, uh, weird, weird world with um, just all kinds of crazy fantasy monsters as a D&D player. I really liked that. So that, that was mine. Um, Merkin hard for the money. <laughs> it's a good 2018. <laughs> all right. What's next on the poll list? Um, Despicable Deadpool um, is the next one on the poll list. It's also by um, Jerry Duggan. <laughs> And it, there we go. Yeah, I'm getting better. Um, and it was uh, run in 2017 to 2018. This is basically during that time when um, Captain America was replaced by uh, uh, a counterpart that is like all Hydra. It's a Hydra, the, the Hydra, Hydra sleeper agent, basically. And um, that broke comic book. Yeah, that, that broke. Lines. Like, oh my god, why? Um, I remember that very clearly when that happened. Oh yeah, people were. <laughs> people were upset. Make Captain America. How Nazi. dare you? Um, but yeah, I remember <laughs> the writers were just like, just just read the comic. Yeah, it's like, going worry, somewhere. Read Shut the comic. <laughs> but yeah, that was another one of my favorite ones. Um, just because again, 
you see uh, Deadpool just wanting to become better. And because of how he wants to become better, how he wants to become a good person, he is is definitely his his heart is used against him he 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 was he was um he was asked by captain america to kill phil colson um a lot of um things that were you know that he wouldn't have done um he did just because you know captain america was asking him to do it um it's it's just definitely um it's it's one of my favorite runs where uh I'm a big fan of um, of the where he tries to be good, but like everything works against him, and he's just like, "Fuck it, I don't want to be good anymore," you know. And that's why that's actually when he did the mind wipe. Uh, right after that, he did the, the 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 mind wipe, so he would forget everything. Um, that's an, that's one of my favorite um, uh, Despicable Deadpool. <laughs> Next up, I want to talk about Uncanny X-Force Final Execution. So this is going to be issues 29 through 35 of the series, and that's going to be the end of this run. And I'm a big fan of the black, silver, gray design with red eyes, so it's probably my favorite Deadpool costume. Uh, I used to have toys with it, but I think I sold those to survive while I was in grad school (laughs) because I needed money. Anyway... Uh, Deadpool in this run shows again what I talked about earlier his serious side and he's he's trying to protect a young clone of Apocalypse Mm -hmm. who goes by the name of Evan and so everyone's trying to kill him and Deadpool will not let it happen he's trying to protect him and after the story's ending and Evan I think ends up at the X-Mansion he becomes a student there and it's funny because everyone's like, everyone hates Apocalypse, but everyone loves Evan. And so there's just that that kind of dynamic. But there's a really tender moment at the end of this run where Evan is in his room and Deadpool sneaks through the window, which is actually pretty funny, and they start talking. And Evan reveals that Deadpool was the only one that was constantly there for him and protected him and saved him. And he says, you're my hero or something along the lines of, and you're my hero in that, in the sentence. And Deadpool kind of like stops and he's taken aback and he says, no one has ever called me that before. And so it's just this really nice moment. And of course, Deadpool has to say something like, well, I'm going to leave now before I make a fart joke or something. (laughs) And then he leaves him a bunch of not playboys, but play guys on his nightstand and then jumps out the window. So very Deadpool-esque, but again, just bringing in that very like caring aspect of the character and not not letting other people hurt people that he actually cares about. So that's my pull. So Deadpool Secret Wars was by Colin Bunn. Yes, um, Colin Bunn. And this was um, this was in 2016 as well. That was that was the time that I was t- talking about where. He made the Beyonder self-aware, and that's how he sort of like got the Beyonder uh, to grant all of their wishes. So the reason why I like the Secret Wars is this was the time when uh, his he was actually healed. Like he saw his face mm. um, as normal again, and he actually had like two girls fighting over him. One was the uh, the Wasp, and the other was uh, Zaji, 
but then Zaji uh, fell in love with Colossus and, you know, um, and then it was actually the Wasp's wish to erase him from uh, everybody's memory that he was a part of it because when he reverted back to normal, um, she saw all of his scars and she was traumatized mm -hmm. and she was like, no, nah, I don't want to remember this. I don't want anyone to remember this. But yeah, because of him again, um, the world was saved, uh, but nobody remembers it because of that wish. Mm -hmm. So Secret War is definitely one of my favorite uh, stories. And it's called Deadpool yeah. Secret Secret yes. Wars. Yes, Deadpool no, Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Yes, and I love that run too, just because within there, you, I, I'm a huge fan of Venom, mm -hmm. yeah. and like anything symbiote related. And within yeah. that storyline, you learn <laughs> that, this, that the suit, so the symbiote had actually attached to Deadpool <laughs> first. Yes, first. And then it jacked up the symbiote so bad that it made it insane. And then that's, that's why. That's how he became Venom and with Spider-Man. Venom. <laughs> and so that there's part of. That was part of continuity for a while that Deadpool is the reason why Venom was created was because he broke Venom's whatever a symbiote's right. brain looks like. I refuse to accept any other continuity, even if they're okay. like, they denied it. No, I don't care. That is the truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to list kind of a few different stories just that our readers can look up that I think are good just because... This is probably the longest pull list conversation oh, we've had because there's so, no, we're good. There's so many good stories to talk about and we're a comic book podcast. Right. So if we don't talk about the comics, it's kind of, we're missing the point, right? So I'm going to pull a few more and then you, whatever you have left, you can go ahead and mention, okay? okay. So I have uh, the story called Five Ronin and the fifth issue in that story is the one about Deadpool, but it's uh, this, this five issue run from 2011 it follows, uh, there's a story for Wolverine, Hulk, Punisher, Psylocke, and Deadpool, but Deadpool's called The Fool, and they're all set as Ronin in the 17th century Japan. And it's a very different story, very fun, interesting, the art is amazing, very different departure from the character. Hmm. Then the, next I would have would be the Spider-Man slash Deadpool run from 2016, because Deadpool is a fanboy of Spider-Man, which makes this series hilarious because Deadpool's just trying to be good enough to impress Spider-Man and Peter Parker and everything. And this run actually saw Joe Kelly return as the writer and had uh, art by Ed McGinnis again. So we bring back two people that have had previously worked together on a Deadpool story working on this one. Uh, and it, it's, it's a lot like, so we have Deadpool and Cable with their bromance then you have this other bromance with spider-man where spider-man's kind of like this dude's nuts but deadpool is just so in love with spider-man because he, he sees spider-man as the epitome of what a hero can be just because he's so good yeah. and he wants to be good so that makes that for a really fun run and the only the last one i had was deadpool versus x-force which is just a wacky insane run where Deadpool is teleporting between timelines and messing stuff up and the X-Force are trying to stop him. Really well-written, super fun. Uh, but yeah, check that one out too. All right, Gliza, finish us up with this pull list. I have just two more left. So the Gemini star was, um, it was around that time where somebody claimed that uh, Deadpool stole the identity of Wade Wilson from him and he's not actually Wade Wilson. 
So for a long time, um, and this guy was like, this guy was so believable that he thought that, oh, I can't, because he doesn't remember a lot of his past. He doesn't, like, uh, when Deadpool talks about his uh, childhood, he doesn't really remember, like, he, it, it's like a Joker sort of situation where each time he tells the story, it's a different story. Um, you know, his mom left him and, uh, or his dad left him, his mom beat him or his dad beat him. But in the end, um, apparently, um, I don't know if this is the last one, but apparently one of the stories was like, he, he actually, uh, his parents are fine. They're alive. They have a room for him. He just doesn't want to come home to Canada. So that's like, that's another one of the, 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 the things that, um, appeared in the comics, but this one, um, uh, I like the conflict that um, Deadpool had where he was like, am I really Wade Wilson? Or is this other person who's claiming to be Wade Wilson, which is T-Ray, by the way, um, the actual Wade Wilson. So in the end, um, T-Ray sort of like goes into a coma and Deadpool is like, well, I guess I'm Wade Wilson. You know, uh, that that that's uh, the other one. And then the other one that I liked was um, Agent X, where um, sort of Deadpool died and his um, memory sort of just got divided among four people. Basically, Agent X uh, was one of them. Um, but it, for, for like when you read the story, when you read the book, it seemed like Agent X was Deadpool, um, but he couldn't remember it. And then the twist in the end was like, oh, he's just one of the people that um, was actually um, that had Deadpool's memories. So in the end, um, the, the twist was, you know, they, they made him come back together as just one, but Agent X sort of kept some of his memory as Deadpool. And that's how Niho, Niho, Nijo, probably Niho, yeah, uh, became Agent <laughs> X. <laughs> so nice. those two are my last two. <laughs> like a, re a return of superman story sort of, yeah um it's one of it's actually the first it's actually the first return of deadpool story the agent x oh, okay oh, yeah. there you go nice i thought of one more though yeah deadpool oh, core yes deadpool <laughs> core. sure sure yeah like a team up of his own team deadpool book. head pool lady dead dog pool, pool dog pool there's too many there's panda, so pool. <laughs> panda pool yep talk about grail finds so this is this section uh is grail issues the we call this a grail find where it's issues that we own or things that we own that we're super proud of they're signed they're they mean a lot to us so um let's let's each kind of i think we each have at least one thing i think lisa probably has i'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut it down to two i'm gonna cut it down okay, to two well, let's limit it to, to one or two and <laughs> all right, right, limit right. It to two. What, what are your two? Oh, i'll go first then okay so uh i own well, I'll tell I'll tell the story. So I was just starting to get into comic books collecting. I was going to local shops pretty frequently, and I was starting to educate myself on what books to look out for. And I loved Deadpool already because I had just been given Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe. So I was like, of course, I want to find a New Mutants ninety eight. But every time you go into a shop, it's always here's ninety six or here's like ninety six, ninety seven, here's ninety nine, <laughs> one hundred. And so they're always 98 missing. I go into a shop and there's a new long box that was just sitting on the floor and I'm flipping through it and I find, okay, here's 96, 97, 
And then I'm not kidding. I blacked out as soon as I saw 98 and I pulled it out and it is beautiful. Good. And it was a newsstand copy and it, like immaculate. So good. But the shop, I knew a hundred percent of the time they look up the, the price. current running prices because they don't price everything out beforehand. They just look it up. But the shop was more of a card tournament store. Oh. And so the comic section was really small. They had a tournament that day and they were swamped. And so this was the only time, and I'm not kidding, the only time they never looked up my books. And I, I got that book for $3. Nice. And I sent it into CGC and it's a 9-6. <laughs> so that is, I, I love that book. Mm. I, so that, was, that was a good day. Good day. Definitely. Um, so I'll I'll go next because I think you should go last. Our guests should go last. She has the best stuff. No, it's not. It's all sentimental stuff. Mine is not a huge deal. I was I was I was convinced I didn't own anything (laughs) because (laughs) I was like I don't know. Uh, But um, I actually found X Force number four. which is the sideways X-Force that has Spider-Man on the cover. He guest stars it, so it's Liefeld and Nicieza. And Deadpool is just barely <laughs> in it at the end. I think he, like, teleports in and get, grabs Juggernaut and leaves. And um, But it's a sideways issue, and he, it's his third appearance, apparently, So nice. in all of comics. So I have his third appearance. It's not really worth much, and uh, but it has a cool... Mike Mignola um, X Force poster, oh, that's which I love. Cool. Mike Mignola, so that's kind of <laughs> neat. Is it still? Is it still in the book? It's still in the bag. Nice. Yeah. Are you gonna take? Are you gonna put up the take the poster out and put it up and break the hearts no. of every comic book collector <laughs> that no. hates, hates it when you take stuff out of no? Because it's because it's it's a poster of like X Force characters. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like you. Well, no. I don't like them. No, like, thanks. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it, it's a it's an interest. I mean, I saw it online, so. I'm <laughs> <laughs> all right all right so my one is not um is is not like it's not worth much or anything it's mostly sentimental value uh the first one is the first ever um deadpool merchandise that i've ever owned in my life um basically i i i've lived overseas and overseas they don't really care about deadpool until after the movie came out so nobody like when i told them that oh deadpool's my favorite they're like that looks like spider-man i'm like it's not spider-man guys um but yeah so i've been a fan of deadpool since like late um like like college uh about 10 years ago basically like i've been a big fan um but nobody really knew him um and then there was uh, and i would read comics through like illegally downloading it because i was living overseas like nobody's gonna like slap me with a copyright like they don't care about asia um so uh, so that's how i read my comics um and then i went to korea and then he's my ex-boyfriend now but my first um like my uh second boyfriend ever um gave me this uh deadpool plushie that i still have to this day and it is the first ever uh merchandise that i've ever owned that's deadpool it is the fabrications like um Deadpool and, it, and and I love it uh uh it it was part of my it was part of the decorations during my wedding um I love it it's 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 my favorite thing um because it was the first time I've ever owned something that was like Deadpool that wasn't like from a computer so that that's my first uh grail one the second one was um when my husband and I first met uh he 
I had told him like I love Deadpool and I love you know um we were he he told me that he loved the Punisher and I, we were talking about like different um different you know stories uh different you know different comic book characters that we like and at that time uh Spider-Man and Deadpool was just starting um and he bought me the first issue of Deadpool uh Spider-Man yes. and I have that first issue in a box like that is that is probably like the only one I mean I have more now because I've, I've started going to uh comic book uh shops here now that I'm here in America but that was definitely the first um issue physical issue that I've ever owned uh the first issue of Spider-Man and Deadpool so those are my two it's a great grail it's a great cover <laughs> yes it is well, that brings us to our break. We're going to take a brief intermission and we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, listeners, the best way to support us is to leave a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And a review about what you liked in the episode does so much more. We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. You can find us on all kinds of social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at CBKCast. You can use the hashtag CBKCast with your ideas of characters or what-if ideas or any questions or comments you have about anything we discuss in the show. We're always signal boosting, and if you have anything you want us to take a look at, um, just drop us a line, and we'll be sure to get back to you. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out the composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our good friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. You can check out his amazing work at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as getting all of his available music for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. And also, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and look up Classical Adventures for One to, and leave a rating and review for our good friend Gliza, who is joining us on this issue. Because I know she'd appreciate it, and you should listen to it, because she has a great show. Yeah, read more books. Read more books. Read a book. And comic <laughs> books. <laughs> Classical Adventures for One. And if you don't mind, Lance, I would like to plug my own Patreon, which has started a couple months ago, which is called Dungeon Heads. And what I do is I create RPG and D&D characters for anyone to use for free. That is black and white drawings that you can use. There's all kinds of characters um, from all different backgrounds, and ancestries and classes. And you can go in there and, and download art and then you have it for your game. And if you want a color version or different types of reskins, you can pay a little bit and support me, uh, but you can get all of the black and white art for free. And I've been doing a lot of it um, just kind of on the side, but it's something that I am trying to kind of give back to the community. And I love D and D and, and you and I play D and D together. So, yes, we do. Uh, and I've, I've drawn some of your characters. You have. Kind of I, I literally have a poster right here on the side that I commissioned for my wife's birthday, which so. is a combination of our D&D characters mixed with Lord of the Rings because nice. that's two of yeah. her favorite things. That was a fun one. So if you wouldn't mind, if you have a couple extra minutes, uh, check out Dungeon Heads on both Patreon and also I'm on TikTok and Instagram as well uh, if you want to see some videos and like time lapses and things like that. All right, I think we're done doing plugs. Now let's get back to the issue. Anyway, I got places to be. 
a face to fix, and oh, bad guys to kill. Maximum effort. Hey, welcome back. We're going to move on to adaptations, and we're going to start with full-length movies, live-action movies. So Deadpool has shown up in a few. Some are better than others. <laughs> so we're going to actually start off with X-Men Origins. Oh, we have to. Wolverine. We have to get past this. We have to get through it together, you guys. So uh, Ryan effort. Reynolds <laughs> was cast as uh deadpool or more specifically wade wilson yeah, he's wade wilson in that movie he's wade wilson in this movie Deadpool's and this movie. you know <laughs> at the start of the movie he's he's played a member of the weapon x program along with wolverine Sabretooth, blob you know um and he wields dual katanas and he can deflect bullets and you know he's and he talks a lot and he's very quippy and you know he's basically kind of deadpool but before he became deadpool um so he's wade wilson and which, which he does he a fantastic killed... job as like that's he's the best great. part of the film oh sure like the that part was the best part and sometimes i would watch <laughs> just that part of wolverine, just... Origin, uh, wolverine origins and i was just like all right i'm done now yep now the movie's <laughs> over he cuts okay, a bullet then... in half and it kills two people chris it's the best it's great part <laughs> it's great uh but then he's killed by saber tooth supposedly but then he's resurrected by the villain william striker with powers from other mutants including but not limited to wolverine's healing factor retractable blade arms which makes no diamond sense. skin from emma frost and cyclops's optic blasts and a bunch of other powers that no one cares about he also has his mouth sewn shut as if to insult fans <laughs> with like we're not giving you talkie deadpool we're just giving you like <laughs> Can, can I just say, Deadpool. if he had retractable blades, his arms would be straight all the time. You can't bend your elbows with a katana I mean, in your body. Uh, you know, comics physics. Um, I had already died inside when I saw <laughs> so like earlier in the time. movie. Uh, I mean, you know, let me jump towards a helicopter and <laughs> let, slice let, it. Let, let, let's find this out. Gliza, when you saw what they turned him into in that movie. What was your initial reaction? So I don't hate movies. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of bad movies. Um, there are only three movies that I, I'm like, I despise completely. And X-Men Wolverine Origins was the first one that I've ever hated ever. Um, this was the first movie I've ever said, I hate this movie to its very core because I hated everything about it. Like they, they, they made Wolverine yeah. so terrible. Um, they made everything just so annoyingly bad. Oh. Gambit wasn't in this timeline. He shouldn't be alive in the eighties. He didn't have a good accent, and Wolverine hair <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yes, let let the anger grow within you. So Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, um, who was a fan of Deadpool, uh, would remain vocal against the version he portrayed and that was written. And after starring in a direct to YouTube short directed by Tim Miller, they they actually made this for Fox as like a treatment of it's called a treatment in the mm -hmm. biz. Uh, so they made this for Fox and Fox sat on it for two yeah. years and then somebody leaked it. Someone uh, yeah, leaked it someone. out right, right around Comic-Con, like right before Comic-Con that year, I think it was like 2014 mm -hmm. or so. And it 
went viral. Like, it was crazy. It was the greatest thing ever. And, and it looked amazing, and it was basically a version of the beginning of the Deadpool movie where he's, you know, fighting a bunch of people inside of a car mm-hmm. and, 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 and a, or a truck or something like that. So, you know, Fox was like, well, okay, we need to make this movie and, and give Ryan Reynolds uh, millions of dollars. And just, and you could tell that he really loves it. And it was one of those things. It was the power of social media. This is a fan base coming together. I remember um, exactly what I was doing when that, uh, when that leaked, because I was watching online with, from people who were like streaming illegally, the, the San Diego Comic-Con. And when that was uh, showing, I was like, oh my God, this is like, you know, um, so I was in Korea at that time. And I was actually, I think in class, Um, and I was just playing it on the side. It was, it was the best thing ever. I couldn't it, it was, stop it's like, myself. Mm-hmm. It, it was like a double take because you're watching it and you're like, what is this? Is this yeah. real? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah. wait, is that Ryan Reynolds? Is that real? <laughs> like, it's just, I'm just watching it like, what is this? So anyway, this went on to become, uh, they, they made the movie. And in 2016 on Valentine's Day mm-hmm. weekend, I remember that because I took my wife I did <laughs> as a date. Yep. And, and it was our first movie that we saw after our son was born and we were like, let's go see Deadpool. Like we need to see an R rated movie. Our, we have a two year old. He's at home with grandma. Let's go see this movie. And uh, it debuted with uh, Reynolds starring in the um, fourth wall breaking marketing and extremely good word of mouth. And it made it really hard to ignore how fun and unapologetic it was. And the movie minimally tied into the X-Men Fox movie universe at first with appearances from a CG Colossus and they had uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead was kind of an unknown character up to that point and brought in characters from comic runs like Blind Al, uh, T.J. Miller as Weasel, Marina Bachran fr- from uh, Firefly Serenity uh, as uh, girlfriend Vanessa and the villainous Ajax, who, you know, if you read the comics with Ajax and he has a big like A yeah. on his chest, this is not no. that version of Ajax. This is like a kind of a kind of a cool, mysterious, like you know, uh, version of Ajax. Um, I don't think he was the strongest part of that movie, but everything else was, yeah. was great. It grossed $782 million at the box office. It would become the highest grossing R rated movie of all time until in 2018 Deadpool two comes out. Reynolds reprised the role, but because of creative differences, Tim Miller, the director from the first movie did not come back. Um, so it was uh, had a different director again with mostly positive reviews and critics and fans alike. The main crux of this story was that Cable, played by Josh Brolin, comes back to try to kill a, a young mutant, mutant who becomes a serial killer and kills his family and like destroys a lot of the future. And Deadpool tries to save this this young kid, Fire Fist. I forget his his, his character's name. Fire Fist. And uh, Zazie Beats as Domino and so other X Men characters like Juggernaut, like like a big, like big, like a good huge, Juggernaut, like a big Juggernaut. A scary no no juggernaut. offense to Vinnie Jones, but like this is a big scary. Also dose. voiced so, by Ryan Reynolds. Um, Black Tom Cassidy was in this. Another version of Yukio. Uh, and then you had the X Force. You know, it's Shatterstar, Bedlam, Zeitgeist. I love that they brought in Zeitgeist yeah. from from a version of X-Force that like is was weird, but like, I love that character. Um, and then Vanisher, of course, Brad Pitt. I just, I just loved the, the Shatterstar moment. It's like, yeah. it's like, I'm you, but better. 
This movie barely outgrossed the first movie's R-rated record with $785 million, which would hold the record until Joker came out the following year. They also released a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2, which was called Once Upon a Deadpool. That's so good. In the holiday season with mixed reviews. So I kind of think like, you know, watered down Deadpool it, is not as good. It was but still I, I didn't see fun, it. Though, it was because awesome. it, it messed with like that prince. The, what is it Princess called? Bride. Uh, Princess Bride. Yes. Which is so oh, good. Sure. They had brought in Fred Savage. It was awesome. Like <laughs> he kidnaps Fred Savage. <laughs> I think a lot yeah. of people going into that movie were expecting a different story. And yeah. they just got uh-huh. the same story, but, you know, sort of PG-13. Now, if you had, if you were coming into that movie expecting the same story, PG-13, which is what everybody was saying in the, in, in the, in the ads and the marketing, it was awesome. Like, it was just rewatching for me with, like, oh, yeah. extra Fred Savage, which is awesome because mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a big fan of The Princess Bride as well. So it was just awesome. Uh, the marketing for these two movies were just amazing they eat so good um so uh in korea uh before these movies came out deadpool was barely known and then for whatever reason when the first movie was about to come out it just blew up everybody was just reading about deadpool talking about deadpool i think it was because ryan reynolds visited korea uh to promote the movie and for and it just got super popular there were flash mobs of deadpool dancing um it was awesome and that i think was like one of the best because like you were like finally finally (laughs) you you know now why deadpool is amazing um another story about the first movie i actually watched it seven times holy that day because Wait, 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 wait. Seven times in one day? Yes. Um, and there's a reason for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> there's a reason for that because every one of my friends wanted to watch it with me. And I had the day off because I, I was a student and I didn't have classes that day. And they were like, I want to watch it with you, but we have different schedules. And I was like, you know what? I can watch it with you at any given time. So the first day, I watched it seven times. And um, and my husband at that time, still my boyfriend, was living in San Diego, so he didn't get to watch it with me. So when uh, when he came to visit uh, the Philippines, um, he we watched Deadpool again. But like by the first day, I've basically memorized m- the whole scene because of how many times I watched it. And people were like, "Do you regret watching?" It? I'm like, "No. This is like this is my favorite movie. I'm so happy with." how this all turned out but yes i did watch it seven times in one day so <laughs> that's impressive last little bit with movies is deadpool 3 is in development of course um there was some rumblings about like are they going to make it now that it's under disney ownership but they are making it it is r-rated it's going to be written by uh wendy molyneux and lizzie molyneux localin probably said that wrong uh two writers from bob's burgers that apparently have a, a good following so uh and and kind of picked by ryan reynolds so he's in development as well um so yeah it, it will be kind of part of the mcu and we'll see how that is incorporated somewhere in phase four phase five of the mcu so that's that's going to be really interesting his his fourth wall breaking is going to be insane yes. now because you know he's just gonna go off about the whole merger and everything yes it's gonna be ridiculous I I have a I have I hope um, they're gonna do it after the 
like make it part of a multiverse situation where he is taken from the fox world and just planted there and he's just like oh you know i don't want it to be a different kind of deadpool because i think a lot of people are like oh it's a different deadpool but I don't want it. I want my Deadpool from the movie exactly. planet into the MCU. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to TV. Deadpool has a non-speaking cameo in the X-Men cartoon. And I believe Rob Liefeld will fight tooth and nail that it wasn't Deadpool. I, uh, because you, you, he, like the suit design is different. The colors are different because he's in the shadows. But it, it, it's definitely Deadpool. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody that had the shape-shifting powers and was just shape-shifting into different characters. And then Deadpool was, like, there for, like, two seconds. So it's... Okay. Either Mystique or Morph. Something like that. And I was just... I I remember... um, I don't remember... Because when I watched X-Men the first time, I wasn't I wasn't aware of Deadpool and all that. And then I re-watched it a couple of years ago. And I was watching it. And then I saw that. And I was like, oh, my God! And then paused it into his screenshot and shared it. So we have that one. And then he also has a non-speaking cameo in the X-Men anime. And the fact that there's an X-Men anime is amazing. It's so good. Yeah. It's so yeah. good, you guys. It, it looks super cool. I haven't watched it. It's, it's ridiculous. I love it. That's amazing. I need to watch it. We have Deadpool makes his first full speaking appearance in the Ultimate Spider-Man mm-hmm. animated series, Ultimate Deadpool, voiced by Will Friedle, <laughs> Which is I- our fifth. Critical Role Connection. Boom. <laughs> We're just going. Right? We had Kari Payton last time, so now we have Will Friedle. Right. And we need to do a Batman Beyond <laughs> issue soon, too, so I can just uh, okay. gush on yeah, Will We'll Friedle add that too. to the list. There's a long list. Probably one of the greatest heartbreaks for an animated Deadpool series ever has to be the fact that there was almost an animated series on FXX produced by Donald Glover. Now, he had already been brought on to do the project. He had already started writing. It was going to be done by Donald and his brother, Stephen, but it didn't happen because of creative differences. Now, they also, there was like a studio came out and had mentioned that uh, Donald Glover was just too busy at the time because he's Childish Gambino. He was blowing up. He was one of the biggest names, period, in all of media. Uh, but then Donald Glover came out and was like, uh, I was not too busy. Uh, here's the first script. Like, so he had it already ready. So whatever happened there sucks because having a Donald Glover series, like an animated series for Deadpool would have been phenomenal. Let's be honest. There, there's going to be a Deadpool animated at some point for sure. At some point. Absolutely. There will be, and it needs to be, you know, he's been in other cartoons. My favorite origin story that Deadpool ever uh, told was actually the one that he told in the ultimate Spider-Man anime series yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh he was saying that his parents were killed by ninjas it was the best it was like the whole scene yeah. was just awesome that was my favorite <laughs> origin story that deadpool has ever told anybody i just love the meme yes. from the series where him and spider-man are just like slapping each other <laughs> yes so good next up we have games and so there is the deadpool video game voiced by nolan north He's also been a playable character in many Marvel games. Uh, Little Big Planet, Superhero Squad, voiced by Tom Kenny. SpongeBob. Uh, he is a boss in Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. He's in Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and is a secret skin in Fortnite. 
and that's a short list. He that that's a really short oh, yeah. list. He's in a because, ton of like, stuff. There's there's all the, all those like Marvel puzzle quest and Marvel blah 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 ultimate dimensions and whatever. Like Deadpool's in everything Marvel. If I mean, it's like, a, if it's a modern Marvel game, Deadpool is in it. Sometimes we'll talk about merchandise if it's if it's a kind of a really you know important character that has a lot of merchandise. Some characters do, some characters don't. Deadpool has oh, a wow. lot, obviously, with uh, apparel and and figures. And you know, we got to see uh, uh, Glyze's wall um, of all kinds of Deadpool merch. Um, so I, I wanted for this to find something that was very quintessentially Deadpool of like finding something that was weird and you know come from another universe. And you might be able to beat this, Glaza, but uh, the, the the thing that I found that was I thought was really cool was a pencil holder. It's of his head, and the mask is kind of ripped, and you can put pencils and pens inside of his brain, <laughs> like sticking out of it. And he's got his eyes like wide open, like wow. And they have an X Force variant as well. Uh, but it, I was like, that's awesome. Like I w- I need that on my desk where you can like stick pens inside of. Deadpool's, I have this. Uh, exposed. I have brain. the same exact. Style-ish, but it's a toothbrush holder. It's in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, it's one where he's breaking out of the. They're both breaking out of the comic books because fourth world breaking. <laughs> and awesome. these are my two favorite things. This is. I just love having them. Like, cause it's it, it's quintessential him where he breaks out of the fourth wall um and this is a, a little bit sillier version of that where he's just talking about kittens and whatever um but and and for listeners it's it's like a little three-dimensional figure but then the background it's, it's a, like comic a comic book. book he's breaking out of a literal yeah. comic book it's um and it's awesome I, I really love it so these two are um i think one of my favorite merchandise but this other one is him wearing the uh uh, the maid costume that he wore uh, <laughs> during the Spider-Man thing. And it is, nice. uh, it's another one of my special Deadpool collection. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of merchandise. Um, uh, I have a uh, stuffed toy that um, it's, it's Deadpool holding the unicorn. And if you hit it hard enough, it vibrates. Um, so that I have that. Um, I have straws where Deadpool is dancing on yes. them like a pole dancer. I yeah, have, yeah, sure. I have dog pool. I have this Deadpool that's uh, it was uh, the cutscene for the first movie, you know, when he comes out and he says, It's over, go home. Yeah, I have the Ferris uh, Bueller mm-hmm. Deadpool. Oh, yes. <laughs> So I have a lot of um, merchandise. Um, I think I went a little crazy. We'll post a a picture of your Deadpool wall because it is impressive. (laughs) All right, guys, I think it's time for What If. What What If. Each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this week, we thought because Deadpool seems to be ever-changing and likes to pretty much do whatever he wants, we decided we wanted our what if this week to be, what if Deadpool became blank? So this would, we wanted it to be broad because we wanted to come up with ideas that could be all over the place. And so because you're our guest, Glyza, we want to have you go first. So what did you come up with? Oh, thank God, because I was worried that you guys were going to use this one, and this is the one that I was just, like, kept thinking of. So you know how... uh, 
Deadpool and Death had a thing, had always had a thing, and um, Thanos was just jealous of that. And one of the reasons why he started actually collecting the Infinity uh, Stones was to impress Death. So I thought, what if Deadpool became the villain that had to impress Death? What if Deadpool was the one collecting all of the Infinity Stones? Would he have completed it? I think the only, I think he would be able to get all of it, except maybe for the Soul Stone. I think he'd have a hard time with the Soul Stone. Um, But I feel like it would be such a great story for Deadpool if he was the one collecting the Infinity Stones. And it would have been really interesting to see that because it would be a nice switch. And I want to know, like, I think in the end, he would not actually do it. Um, He would, you know, it would be one of those things where um, he would be so close to snapping and like, you know, because of all of the, all the, the things that he has done that's good, that has gone unrecognized. And he's just like, whatever, I just want to die now. And I want to impress death. And this is how I'm going to do it by taking like half of the universe with me. I'm sure that will impress her. So that was that is my what if. Could you imagine Deadpool with a reality story? <laughs> it would be so oh, amazing. No, that would be disastrous. That's a good one. Talk about world shattering. <laughs> All right, Chris, what do you have? Because of the Fox Disney merger, I'm gonna use that as a as a jumping point to say what if deadpool became a disney princess oh my gosh not as a like he's in a movie that disney does that he's a princess but he's in a comic where he realizes he's in a disney princess story situation and the closest thing you know it's kind of like vanellope von mm-hmm. sweets uh mm-hmm. in in wreck it ralph 2 ralph breaks the internet and and how like she meets all the Disney princesses and they're they're kind of like coaching her to be like oh you need to sing a song and so like he would have his own song and and he would kind of realize that you know no man is really you know you don't need a man to take care you know, to of you and and you're independent he's got to and he's got to deal with his abandonment issues from his parents and he's only going to have a father and you know like just and all of these like little Disney princess tropes and he's going to have a cute little furry sidekick of some kind (laughs) it's probably going to be dog pool um so i want him to go through a disney princess arc and have cameos from different disney princesses i wanted to go like kind of the crazy route just the funny very cartoon like version of deadpool so i have what if deadpool became the juggernaut (laughs) and this storyline would be uh, Deadpool steals the Crimson Gem of, gem of Ciderac from Juggernaut and becomes unstoppable. And so I'm talking, he steals it and like bulks up. He's as big as Juggernaut, but he has the same color scheme that he has as Deadpool. He has the helmet and everything, but he still has the black over his eyes. Uh, so just massive. But he still also wants to use katanas, and so <laughs> he, like, he, tiny he, he rip no, but he rips he rips off like turbine engine blades, oh, wow. and those are gonna Jeez. be his katanas now. But they're just gonna be huge, like massive, and so he's gonna be just going and hacking his way through this world. And you could like, I'm talking ultimate level of Marvel kills or Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. We're gonna go into Mar- Deadpool kills all comic book universes (laughs) and 
And this way, he's gonna li he's unstoppable. So he's just going to be running through all these different dimensions. And so I want him just like running through like Stark Tower. He's then he's gonna run through DC's Justice League Watchtower, and they're gonna be like, "Wait, how did you even get here? We're in space." And he's gonna be like, "Don't worry about it." He's oh, gonna be, like tearing through while they're being like sucked out into space because he just ran through their entire Watchtower. He's going to run through the Invincible Universe, and he's going to have a giant mustache while he's doing it. Uh, but then at the end of the story, he's just going to realize that it's boring being unstoppable mm -hmm. because nothing is really messing with him. And so one of the lines I want him to say is, I need to stop. Like He's going to take off the gem. He's going to give it back to Juggernaut. He's just going to say, because sometimes you just need to hurt a little to make the superheroing worth it. <laughs> nice. Because, you know, Deadpool. Yeah. So that's mine. What if what if Deadpool became Juggernaut? Very nice. <laughs> I like all of ours. I want all that, of ours to be a thing. I mean, that you know, yours is potentially like it, it could happen. Yeah, it could still like, happen. He's had dealings with Juggernaut. <laughs> this is, this is being recorded at ten fifty five Sunday, March twenty first, twenty twenty one. If anyone steals my idea, it's done now. <laughs> Yeah, send me those sent. chicks. He's not going to become a Disney princess. Though. No, like that's, that will he, not happen. You, you think it might? It might be like a um an ad or marketing. I don't think it'll be a full thing, yeah. but he it might a, happen. I mean, he might, he might, he might make some comments. Yes. sort of like that. Absolutely, yeah. we're in, we're in a whole new world. <laughs> well, I think that's kind of coming to a close here. Thank you so much, Gliza, for joining us on our Deadpool talk. Yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of information that we didn't know, and a lot of like merchandise of Deadpool I didn't know existed until you showed us your wall. Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing your story and your wedding story, and it's just, it's it's so cool. Just it's it's inspirational, I think, to to hear um, when somebody connects with a character to this uh, to this level and and can, you know, kind of justify mm -hmm. like this this means a lot and um uh it, it, that's really cool when 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 we hear stories like that so uh yeah thank you so much when anything else you want to plug podcast or anything oh, else oh um season 2 of my podcast is going to happen on April 8th but um the uh launching will be on April 1st where I show new uh new logo uh a new website um everything yeah. is going to happen on April 1st it's not April Fool's Day because I don't participate on April Fool's Day. Not because <laughs> I judge people who do. It's just because I'm lame. Um, but it will um, it'll have my new logo and all that. So uh, keep an eye on Twitter and on my website, ClassicalAdventures4.1, so that you can see um, just a new uh, face of Classical Adventures 4.1. Yeah. And what's the Twitter? Uh, Classical Gliza. Classical Gliza. Awesome. Thank you again, Gliza. Uh, it's time to close the book on Deadpool, although he's never really been in the book. Let's be honest. He's always been sort of been out of the book. Uh, so until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. And Gliza. Yeah. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your Deadpool's closer.
Nice suit. Zip it, Stanley. 